0: You're listening to the Paul Hickey Podcast, where we talk business, web design, digital marketing, SEO, content development, social media, Google Analytics, all things digital agency geek style. Thank you for listening. Today's guest is Brad Cowart of Tier Strategies. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this is super casual. Um... Brad Cowart, Tier Strategies, yes. thank you for joining the Paul Hickey Podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: We talk about business and uh, we talk about SEO, we talk about web design, but
1: yeah. when we have
0: guests, um, we like to talk about them and their story and their business and kind of put them on and everything. So, for the listeners, uh, I met Brad uh, at Red Letter Day in August this year. I was lucky enough to be asked to speak <laughs> by a good friend of mine, Jamie Dunham, who I've done a lot of work with over the last few years, and um, she has an amazing event. It was at the City Winery. I got up the, uh, it, yeah, it's, 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 it was awesome. I yeah. got up the courage to uh, do a rap song, because really, I just didn't want to be boring, mm-hmm. so I don't know how yeah. that went over, but anyway, Brad, thank you so much for joining, and uh, it's really good to have you. Thank you. So I'm really uh, interested to just have you tell me and the 11 listeners out there that are comprised <laughs> of my, my wife and my parents and a couple other people who humor me um, about tier strategies, but like maybe before we get into tier strategies, like t- tell us about you and your background and a little bit about your story.
1: Well, so I uh, got out of school. And Couldn't find a job. And when (laughs) was this? Sorry. I don't know. It was in 1989. Okay. So it didn't. And I had this marketing degree and I had no clue of what to do. So I fell into doing the retail thing. And you think I'll just do this for a little bit and something will happen. Well, but year after year, I was doing retail. I worked for enterprise. I worked for okay jobs, but not career building jobs. And it, so that didn't work. I even had a brief stint as teaching, thinking I wanted to do that because I'm real big into history and love all that. thought I could teach kids. But
0: again, none of those
1: are long-term. So about in 98 or 99, we, my wife and I, moved here. We both went to Nashville Tech because we were going to solve Y2K. We were okay. going to be part of that team.
0: Real quick, <laughs> where did you move from? Where were you? Oh, Lynn, where did you grow up? Oh, oh, I've been two hours away,
1: okay. and in Jackson. Okay, but we so we had stints in uh, Texas and in California. Okay, so cool. But we came here and just planted our roots. And I really, and I've always liked coding, but just didn't think I, mean, I didn't know how to do it. But I had an interest. So that really opened me up to coding. And then around 2000 is when web stuff comes along. So I got after finishing school a few real jobs, but. They weren't exactly what I wanted to do. Um, they were mainframe coding and I just saw that digital and web stuff was cooler and neater mm-hmm. and, and was mm-hmm. going to be a growth area. So I just struck out on my own one day, June of 2003, and just got some clients. and What was the landscape
0: like in June of 2003 related to web? I mean, it had to be obviously so different from what it is today. I mean, like, I remember the dot com, seeing dot com on commercials and being like, what is that?
1: So, so today the pitch is you need a better website or you need a site that is actively managed, that you know is converting. And here's how you do that. Mm -hmm. Then the pitch was you have to have a website. I mean, because like 50 to 70% of the businesses didn't. They just didn't have sites. There was nothing. I mean, that was 2000 was the glory days to go buy every domain you could possibly think of and then go make money from reselling it. So, you know, very few people, only the real savvy or really large companies, had websites. So we would go to a print shop, to um, a gift basket builder at, at a flower shop, to a restaurant, just individually. And nobody in in town wanted to serve those because they wanted to serve the the larger companies. Mm -hmm. So really, we had no competition. The competition was, "Nah, I don't think this web thing's going to work. And so, okay. And went to the next place. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So we did full service. I learned real quickly, you don't want to just go build a website and then go away. So obviously, we added hosting. We added updates. We added marketing and SEO, which... Was really new then? I mean, yeah. you threw a few keywords on, put it in your title bar, and you were on the first page in, in days. Yeah. Um, because they, again, nobody had sites and nobody had, had keywords. So, but you know, as you grow along, the web landscape has changed. Now everybody has a website, or they're just a new company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that they, they just then hasn't had time to do it. You can't go find people that, man, you've been thinking about that website thing for a while. They just don't exist, whereas in 2003, they were everywhere. But we still serve those small, I mean, you can call them mom and pop. Some of our clients are $2 million a year Mm -hmm. and and less. But I think our deal is to talk to the owner, not a board of directors or not somebody representing the company. I want to have that one-on-one with the owner because they know where at least they want Mm -hmm. the business to go. And then I can tell them how they can get there. Or you know, go over here. You need this person. Right. So definitely different than 2003. Yeah,
0: 2003. absolutely. So uh, when we we met at Red, well, what brought you to uh, Red Letter Day? Because I know you're um, you have a lot of experience. You have 15 years of experience, and I'm just kind of curious, like what? So, um,
1: really, two things. Okay. No, three. Because I went to the first one. Okay. <laughs> we actually videographed and we, we filmed the first one okay. for Jamie. Cool. So um, you know, and I've known her through uh, National Marketing Association. Mm-hmm. So just that relationship, but the knowledge was a big thing as well. Okay. Because people are talking about topics and seeing their passion, like you, you know, rapping about data-driven stuff. I mean, yep. that's really cool. Okay. It's not some dry boring or <laughs> expectation that, oh my gosh, turn to page three. You know, yeah. it, it's it's real and life. So I really like that. But the biggest reason is the reason that I want to talk to you. Okay. Awesome. And, and not just you, but anybody. Yeah. I sit in a little house office, <laughs> mm-hmm. three steps from a bedroom, and I work really, really hard. And I can Skype a few people, but I sit in that room all the time. Yeah. And, get, and, and I become real myopic there, just doing the repetitive task, and then, okay, it's kind of dark, I'll, I'll quit. Mm-hmm. But meeting people and talking about their struggles or their triumphs, just seeing what their passion is or what their thing is for business, seeing if there's a way that I can fit in, that rejuvenates me. Totally. Yeah. And um, I forget that every time. After I talk to yeah, idea. and and it always is like fresh, like a new <laughs> idea. So I know I'm gonna write it on my hand. Is
0: it like uh, to me? It's like the analogy would be uh, if I don't work out for a long time, yeah. I, I forget what it feels like when I'm done working out, and there's yeah. like that runner's high or whatever, that adrenaline, yeah. and you're like, it's kind of. I do get that too, and because I have a tendency to kind of like want to just sit in in the dark room and get work done, mm-hmm. and then when I go out and actually. Uh, like, I l- will listen to, like, Wu-Tang Clan before a meeting or a presentation yeah. because, like, I don't necessarily want to go do the presentation, but I have to get myself pumped up ah, to go do it. Yeah. And so it sounds kind of like you are you have a version of that as well. And then when you yeah. go out there and talk to people, it's uh rejuvenating, like you yeah, said. Yeah, and
1: you just have to make time to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody's heard the X story real quickly. New Woodland yeah. goes out and... He chops down a ton of trees that first day, and he's like, wow, dude, you're really on fire. His boss is great. And he chops down a few less the next day, but it's still above quota. But every day he gets worse and worse and worse. And the boss says, what's wrong? You know, what are you doing? And he comes to find out the guy wasn't sharpening the ax. He was just trying to hit harder. Uh So you have to sharpen the ax, both with knowledge and enthusiasm and, and vision of your company, or it does become dull and repetitious, and you wonder why you did it. Yeah. But you have to make yourself. Working out is the best analogy. Yeah. Okay. You you've got to go do that, and you can't think it takes time to drive. I got to change. I'll be dirty. You, you just have to say, at this time, I work out, you know, and just yeah, make it be exactly. as we were talking earlier. So.
0: So is there anything else that you've done, like just in the last? Uh, in the history of running your company where you've taken like some professional development time for yourself and kind of like well, re- reset you know, a little bit?
1: I used to uh, um, have quarterly retreats okay. uh, of our team, which was me. <laughs> okay. So I, I do that on occasion. Now it's pretty much maybe a yearly thing. Yeah. So I, I think that that's important. I really wish that I could do that more. And with a lot of the things that I'm changing by the end of the year, hopefully I can fit that in. I mean, our how we run tier is all up in the air right now.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. I know who we're going to
1: serve, and I know what we're going to do, and I'm going to do it at a good level. But all the details behind the scenes. So thanks for reminding me. I'm going to put that in. <laughs> no you problem. You have to. You have
0: to. Do you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I was. we were talking, Brad and I were talking uh, before the podcast, and we were sharing some – uh, some kind of, uh, information on like what's next for each of us. And, um, one thing that I decided to do heading into year two was take a little bit of time for myself. Uh, last week I went to New York for, for two days and just like worked from the hotel yeah. and, uh, went to a business dinner and, uh, it was like totally not economical, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was much needed. And, sure. um, and so feeling feeling like that might be something that I want to do annually. Or I mean, you said you used to do it quarterly. So yeah, we'll see. I, I just
1: went to Montgomery Bell. So <laughs> yeah, but shutting down. Yeah, I drive there in twenty minutes. Yes, yeah, I so definitely so. don't need to go to New York.
0: Um, so I am uh, super excited to be talking to, to Brad Cowart today from Tier Strategies. Like I said, he and I met at Red Letter Day, and it was really cool. Afterwards, he he came up. We were just at a table. Uh, with my wife Kate, and who works works at Data Driven Design, and some other some other great people. And Brad started talking about WordPress. And so, Brad, what did you uh, what did you tell me about WordPress at the uh, at oh, the Red Letter Day?
1: It's the second worst thing ever to happen on the internet,
0: <laughs> right after spam. Awesome. I think okay, I love that he I love that he went there because you actually when we met, you actually said, I hate WordPress. Oh, okay. I think we were your actual words, which is pretty similar. So and then I said, well, I've got the WordPress logo tattooed on my back, yeah. which I really don't, but the joke was the joke's always been with my team um, since I started like really in the, in the digital agency space in 2000, uh, 2011. Um, that I have WordPress boxer shorts and I wear them every day. So anyway, I love WordPress, Brad doesn't. And so we actually just started joking around at Red Letter Day saying, and I was like, I need to have you on a podcast and we can do like a WordPress, uh, you know, pros and cons and everything like that. But instead of doing that today, maybe we'll do that another time. Um, Why don't you let us know just kind of a little bit about like tier strategies in terms of, What, what has really worked for you with clients and like kind of how you've built your process and kind of Mm -hmm. how you guys do things and, um, how you differentiate yourself from, you know, other, like anyone, I think that the competition for us, like for guys like you and I, is that like people think anyone can build a website. (laughs) And so it could be like, I always use the, just kind of, um, you know, like embellishing a little bit, um. Like the high school kid down the street can do it, but then you've got Squarespace and you've got um, right. all, all these other options, Shopify for e-commerce and stuff like that. And so um, being that sm- – I like where you – where your head's at with small – like I guess quote-unquote small businesses because I believe too that like talking to the owner – like it drives me nuts to have to go through multiple channels of approval for anything. Yeah. And that's why part of the reason why I started data driven design is because the data can help sure. people get on the same page if mm-hmm. you use it the right way. And so those engagements for us are usually reserved for the larger budgets and larger organizations that need all of that mm-hmm. to just to get to the launch of the website. Right. But, like, I, like you, much prefer just the smaller businesses where you can make quick decisions, get a work product out there quicker, and do the digital marketing that can show the results faster. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about what how you guys do it. Well, first, your,
1: your company name is great. Oh, Thank I mean, you. It's alliterative, and it juxtaposes the creativity with, with the analytical and puts them all together. So that's really kind of what we're doing. Uh-huh. And one of my beefs against WordPress or other do-it-yourself like Wix is that it's so easy to do-it-yourself, but you're just throwing elements on the page. You say, oh, I have a website. Mm -hmm. A website is not that. Mm -hmm. A website is a whole bunch of stuff together. It's um, design-wise appealing, but it motivates people to read or do something, to have a call to action. And you want to have your design Propel them into your site.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, with a call to action or read this or fill out this form or get more information or even more detail on how this thing works. And do-it-yourselfers don't really know how to do that. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, anybody can cut grass. But if you've been a really good lawn company to come and cut your grass and do your hedges, it's just going to look better. So, so that's one of my things. But I think that custom solutions are another big thing. Every client is different, so we try to make a a strategy for each one. And I mean, there's so many ways they're different. One is budget. One Mm -hmm. is knowledge. We've got a guy that talks analytics with us as good as I do, almost. And then we've got a few people who who just say, Brad, we trust you, go do it. And they don't even follow up with reports, which is a little annoying. But (laughs) everybody has their own different thing. And each business, not everybody needs Facebook ads, Mm -hmm. but the people who need them really, really need them. So it's the customization, and I like to say real personalization. I mean, we're really going to go to bat for you. and, And that means, oh, here's a great example. We're done with a site. Ready to go live, and I didn't like it. Not the design. I just didn't like the thrust. I didn't know if it really represented what the client wanted because she was running nebulous through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And this happened two Fridays ago. Well, what Friday ago? So very recently, and I just told her, "Let's sit down, and we're going to have this conversation, and we're going to rescope the site. Design mostly is going to be the same, but the entire content plan." was change. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking a 40 to 50 hour change. And I charged her a very little amount of money, basically just to cover our time. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not working for free. But you would laugh at what I told you. <laughs> I charged okay. her. But I felt that we owed her that yeah. because she needs an awesome site. Yeah, And yeah, we had met the contract terms and all. We could have just gone away. But I never would have felt good about that. So... We did or doing a whole bunch of work that is not going to have a payoff today, but she's going to love her site and actually is going to be one of the better examples that we can show new clients um, with the changes that we're having in in our company. So you invest now (laughs) and it'll pay off later. But the personalization, talking to clients, being where they are, relating to them on their terms and then just doing excellent work is what sets us apart. I mean, there's, I don't know, 30, 40 companies, maybe more that will do a design or do SEO or or they're doing AdWords or content. You know, there's tons of companies out there and everybody is good. I haven't found a company that's bad, but they each have their different focus. You know, we, we focus on large companies or, you know, we want this type of an account. And ours is personalized service to the business owner, and build that relationship. And money will come if we
0: do our job right. Absolutely, I could not agree more. I uh, talking to Brad Cowart from Tier Strategies here in Nashville, Tennessee. This is the Paul Hickey podcast, and we're talking about web design and SEO and analytics and business in general. And um, Brad's making some really good points about. Um, just needing to listen to the client and almost make decisions based on not necessarily what is going to look good now, but but really drive business for them in the future. And from my experience, even though it's not in the scope of work always for anything past the launch of the website, I feel like we're always on the hook for Mm -hmm. what happens after the launch of the website. And so the example that you were just talking about, very much resonates with me in terms of having the foresight to be able to say, here's how we need to adjust your content so that we can, so that you can actually get something out of this investment. And then from there, you obviously, you've done the right thing. So from there, you know, based on your experience that it's going to come back around to to them and then it's going to come back around to you. And so I guess my next question is around like what I'm curious about are the victories and any pain points around like the uh-huh. ongoing work you know because i think like for me and i guess i'll just like uh, qualify that question so like or add context around it so for me i've found that i've really enjoyed sitting down and building a strategy and then building a website and then delivering that because there's the deliverable of the website and then there's the ability there is the ability like A couple months after to look at the analytics and be able to say, okay, we said we were going to lower the bounce rate based on these factors. Mm -hmm. We launched the website. Maybe a quarter after that, three months after that, we can look at the analytics and say, we did all work together to lower the bounce rate, which basically means... We haven't done any digital marketing, but we've increased your engaged users because we've lowered the bounce rate. But then we do – we both – you and I both do a lot of ongoing digital marketing. And that's a whole – to me, it's a whole other set of pressure that comes with (laughs) um, what are you – I'm paying you X amount. You're also advising me on uh, digital media spend. So there's that. And then, and then, so the return on investment for the client sometimes gets really, really hard. In if it's, in my experience, months three to six to really show anything revenue wise. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you? How? What's your experience been like with SEO and Google AdWords and social media marketing or anything like mm-hmm. that? So our
1: big focus is increase your rankings initially. So if you're number 11, you might as well be number a million, right? Mm-hmm. nobody, Very few people go after the first page. Mm-hmm. So whenever we start, we want to get that client site on page one because they're not going to get visitors otherwise. So mm-hmm. that's a lot to do. I mean, it used to be much easier to do SEO. Mm-hmm. Now it's harder. Everybody's doing it the level of knowledge has risen tremendously mm-hmm. so our long-term focus though is to once you're having the views that you want because you're on the first page is to start analyzing that traffic you know people spent this much time on this page
0: mm-hmm. why
1: did we you know run this ad or do we change the content did you run a special and we changed your ad work so your visitor count went up mm-hmm. did you run a buy one get one we ran hundred dollars in AdWords and nobody clicked or they clicked and spent three seconds on your site. Yeah. What you know, what is the disconnect there? And it's not a formula. It's yeah. not it's not accounting where the numbers in the column add up and that's your profit. Mm-hmm. Because some something crazy. It could be a technical issue that your site was offline and people clicked that AdWords and they went to the wrong page, which has happened to us before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you never know. So you always have to think. Which, for me, is the fun part of business. Yeah. It's it's stressful, but if you're good at it and good at figuring things out and know where to look to, to figure things out, and then you fix it, then you look great, and it's a hero. <laughs> exactly. I love it. But you, you have to compare. Yeah. You, you have to have, and we do a lot of reporting and saving those reports, so that clients can look back over time. Instead of three years down the road, they say, well, what have you done for me? Yeah especially the ones you don't follow up all the time. And they go, I, I think I'm going to drop you. Which is okay, but you are at number 318 on day one, yes. and now you're holding down number three or number one. We've increased your traffic, um, increased engagement, all these measures of uh, how much your marketing has benefited your, your business. And if you want to unplug that, that's great. But, you know, you have something to go back to.
0: Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. Ex, ex, Explaining the world of all the stuff that we do in marketing to the bottom line, to the client, most times is a very difficult thing. Yes. Um,
0: That's actually exactly where I was going to go next because you and I were talking about um, before the podcast, we were talking about educating people in various ways, um, different kinds of people, whether they be college students or entry level potential employees or, uh, marketing directors, CMOs, VPs—they're all coming to um, different classes, and and th- like you and I, they're going to look for you know what, how can I sharpen my skills and that sort of thing. And so, um, my question is, what, how much time and effort do you spend educating your client on the on what you're doing for them SEO specifically and? Why they need it? Is there is there an educate? Is there a gap? Is there a knowledge gap that you find consistently with clients? Uh, and how and um and how does that typically play out for you?
1: Here's a good example. You go to the dentist. You know you have teeth and a gum and roots. And mm-hmm. That's probably about it. And you know it hurts, mm-hmm. right? So there's a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes, yeah. and he may or may not tell you. But there's a knowledge gap there. What he's going to tell you is the end result, not I'm going to drill in here and I'm going to avoid this thing and I'm going to do this over here. I'll go to that detail. I love it. I mean, I'll talk all day to a client and explaining all the the ins and outs. And as I told you, we have one client who loves that. But most clients don't want that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to know. They don't even care about bountry. They just
0: want to know
1: how many people converted or, you know, even a a number count of how many people came to our site or we were eight and now we're number five in a ranking. Yeah. So I open up, I would love to have in-depth conversations every month with all the statistics that I find so exciting Mm -hmm. and that that actually relate to their business. I mean, I get jazzed up and I write pretty long, lengthy reports. Mm -hmm. They don't read them, but I write it for me for the history to sure. refer back to, and yeah. so I know what to do next month. So very few take the uh, the deep dive. So figuring out what that one person wants, what are their measures of success, and then delivering that. We have one guy, all he cares about is rankings.
0: Okay,
1: His phone is ringing, his ads are doing great. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other measures, but he's held number one rankings for 13 words since 2011 at number one. So he gets a little jaded. If he yeah. drops to number two, that's a pretty drastic thing for him. You know, yeah. You know, and really, it's not because in an hour it's going to be back up again. Right. So, and it know, changes
0: based on who's look, what device, you're yeah, looking I mean, it at changes on, it on, on where you are, the location, yeah. and search history, and all that stuff. But that's
1: his measure. Somebody yeah. else's is different. So, finding out whatever that thing is that's really going to make them see the value, keep using you, and and so that you get feedback so you can keep doing. More good stuff
0: yeah and you've had a pretty amazing client retention rate for the last 15 years it sounds like just yeah. based on your ability to to do all of that and um, talk about real quick about just kind of trying to scale the unscalable you know like with the yeah. with with you and your time and like your team and and all that stuff like they, um, talk about that a little bit
1: that's the wall that I can't climb I mean I've been trying and and we've done we done well it, I I never wanted to say, oh, it's just blooming doom. But from what I see that Tier could do, as far as there's very few people serving the market that I want to serve. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, big and that is small.
0: Continue. Is that still? Talk about that real quick then, because okay. you were saying earlier that it was small, like you started so with small business owners. My, my
1: opinion, at least now, mm-hmm. is that if you're over $2 million, Tier is not the company for you. Okay. Because if you're at $2 million a year, you can hire somebody. Yeah. Okay. And large companies, HCA, they, they have ad agencies of record, as we talked about. But this guy who's built this business with five people or ten people and he's managing it and fingers in all the pies and he's really, you know, working that business, that's who I want to relate to. Number one, he's like me. He's entrepreneurial, and that that's just life on fire to be able to yeah. help him. And I know he's engaged versus some board of directors over here that they're not going to be engaged. So right. I, that's who I want. Now, $2 million is an arbitrary figure, okay. but... Uh,
0: but it's, it's in a sweet spot of where you feel like that, that revenue number is going to represent a yeah. certain type of company under that versus over that. Correct. Yeah. And,
1: I mean, most of our clients are significantly lower than that. And, again, nobody's helping them. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I have to.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think... I mean, but, that's something yeah. that I feel, I feel like is... Uh, definitely an amazing business strategy and um also like something to get passionate about something to Mm -hmm. keep driving you and then like one but one thing that i thought was interesting about you when we first met was uh like the custom solution so i'll just bring back the custom solution so my experience is typically that you know the wordpress and and i love that you brought up like so just for the record for everyone like i'm not a huge like I, I'm a huge proponent of taking anyone who's on Squarespace and Wix and any of those other do-it-yourself platforms and putting them at least into a platform like WordPress where you can have more of a custom site but with the, but with the open source ability to have the, like have the framework behind building the content management system. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. I feel like from talking to you, you have so much experience building custom solutions that you almost have have it down on the content mm. management side to where you don't have to reinvent the wheel on a basic website. Is that right? Yeah. Because when, what yeah. I thought was interesting about talking to you was that you were saying, well, wait a minute, Paul, Like I do custom, but it's still... It's still as inexpensive as a WordPress solution, and that's right. where we. I feel like that's where we connected. I'm like, okay, we we want we both want the same things for the client. Mm-hmm. Whereas my previous experience with companies who wanted to do custom all the time was that it was just kind of a way to no. get them in, get the client in their back pocket around like, you've got to go with me forever type of thing. Right. So well. am, I, am I on the right track where you're different on your custom? How do you, I yeah. mean, that's what intrigues me about you and well, your, your solution. So I do want
1: them to stay with me because yeah. I'm in business to help them. And if money happens, that's great. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a bad reason to be in business, but I mean, just that's the reason. No, no, I like that's, that. That's <laughs> what I want to yeah. do. We have such a huge code library that we can customize. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to build an e-commerce, I've got 80% of it written at the start. Mm-hmm. Why should I charge people for that 80%? Right.
0: It's...
1: It's already done. We know that this part works. There are parts that are changeable and customizable, but I don't have to put in boilerplate code. I don't have to recreate the data model for their product. I know how to do it. And even if there are changes, I know how to work inside that template that I have or that, that code library to make it happen. And I think everything should be affordable. I I think there are people who gouge all the time. Um, You know, a car's a car. Yesterday I saw Alfa Romeo, and I'd never seen one, so I didn't know what it was. But it had four wheels and a steering wheel, and and it didn't, like, take off. It didn't fly. So I'm like, why did you spend whatever, $100,000 for that car? And you can get what you want, but I would rather people spend their money marketing than building a $15,000 e-commerce site when I can do it for $1,500. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to spend, if you you have that disposable money, then spend it on marketing, which will get you money. But again, the other thing is who I target. Uh, You know, HCA, if I went to them, so I can build you a good little portal site for $2,000, they're going to laugh at me. They're HCA, they spend $2,000 on the the spread to bring the web developers in to talk about doing their site. Um, but $2,000 for some of my clients, that's a pretty decent investment. Yeah. And especially if they're just starting out or, or they're transitioning from another job. I want it to be affordable, I was going to say, so i got them. But so that I can work with them and build them up over yeah. The
0: time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And our name is TIER, which is T-I-E-R. And it actually stands for something, not just stepping up. Okay. But, but what we want to do is think about your strategy and your solution. In, in your situation, which is different, everybody else's. But really think about it. We spend as much time thinking as we do coding. If you do it the other way, you'll mess up. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we really think about and write down this is how we're going to attack this project. Here are our goals, strategies, all like that. Then we implement that. Too many people think about it forever <laughs> mm-hmm. and they never do anything, yeah. right? So even if our plan is not that great, we'll see because we're going to implement it. And then we're going to evaluate it. And then we're going to go back or repeat. We're going to go back and think. So we're going to create a strategy. We're doing Facebook ads. We want this stuff to happen. Then we're going to go do it and implement it right. Watch it. Make sure everything's set up, not just play with it, but everything's right. And then after a period of time, we're going to evaluate it again against those initial goals. And if we didn't do well, then we're going to repeat that process and go through it again. But if we did well, we're going to. Step but, up, and guess what? We're going to repeat that process and think about the next thing. Yeah. So we're going to uh, step up as we as we bring a, a client along. I'd rather than pay us eight hundred dollars a month for a long term than spend eight thousand or eighty thousand setting up a marketing campaign and then I walk away and never right. do anything. And one is way more profitable, but the other is more real. And yeah. that's what I want to be—is real.
0: Yeah, I love that, and it's it's amazing that. You are able to use your code library, uh, finish the, the other, say, let's just say 20% to use your, your thought there um, and make it customizable to the client. That is what the differentiator is in my mind between other uh, potential solutions out there for people uh, or companies, business, small businesses, uh, any kind of organization where you can go with someone like Brad and Tier. To get uh, it's .NET correct. Right. It's going to be .NET. So we cool. have the .NET stack, so Microsoft stack, um, which which you know, th- there's different t- tech requirements and stuff like that. And then there's a lot of clients that Brad and I both kind of deal with that really don't care what their technology stack is, right? right? Yeah. Like the people, I think like our target and Brad's target is not necess- is probably not someone who's going to ask too many questions around what their website's coded in, mm-hmm. but but but. Uh, Brad's obviously doing something where um, he's able to provide a clean custom solution with well written code uh, and that's very unique without having to charge an arm and a leg for it. So I love that.
1: Yes. And it's at base. Mm -hmm. Um, Five years from now, who knows what WordPress is going to be or or even .NET, but I'm coding at the language level. And anybody who knows .NET can go in and do, can fix it up. So I can easily turn it over. That's open. right. Yeah. And so you yes. can put it in
0: source control if a client needs to do something for whatever reason. Yes. Um, which you hope not. I mean, that's not your goal, obviously. No. But, <clears throat> but just, know, I think it's important for people to know that it is, like, if you go with someone like Tear, uh, you will get, clearly will get the same type of situation where if for whatever reason you need to move your site there's a way to put it in the source control easily and there's there's other and, and it's then it's in a situation where anyone who is worth their salt on .net can right. can jump in and, and do whatever you need them to do moving forward right. do you have any of those conversations <laughs> like how often do you have a conversation like that just out of curiosity
1: but on the other side yeah from people who are coming from ah there you to, go yeah and and you know I'll explain all this stuff and somewhat PHP and ASP and WordPress and all this stuff is somewhat of a religious thing, mm-hmm,
0: right? It's, mm-hmm.
1: This is what I believe. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a, reality. Yeah. Who knows? Hence our initial
0: conversation where I was like, yes, I love this guy. <laughs> he so, hates he hates what I love, but I still <laughs> love him.
1: <laughs> so I explain why. I just don't say, well, you know, boom, this is what we do. And, and I turn away clients. I don't know that I ever have, but I probably have. Anyway, if they don't want what we have. And in the past, I made the mistake saying, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about PHP, but I'm smart. I can learn it. That was a mistake project. It didn't work out well mm-hmm. because I know ASP. And PHP is great. I'd love to know it. But I'm so good with ASP and so much of our code base. Why do I want to step outside of that for one client when there's other developers to, mm-hmm. that, You know, that can do that? If somebody wants something quick and dirty that they can easily maintain, mm-hmm. well, then WordPress could be that. Mm-hmm. And I know you can customize WordPress a lot. So my experience with customizable WordPress is Neil. So I don't know what all you can do. I just know you can do yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. But you, you, you've got to let them know what they're getting into. And the way I feel it, a client for me, if you and I looked it up <laughs> It's, okay. it's very different than what the term means today. It, so it comes from like the Roman times and through medieval times. A client is someone that you take care of. So if you're the patriarch of the family, you're going to take care of them when they need help. And they owe you maybe fealty or, or they're going to give you some of the produce of the land. But you're going to you know, defend it. You're going to provide real justice. And it's more it's almost paternalistic of of a feeling that Mm -hmm. you're gonna protect and and soothe them and move them through this process. Mm -hmm. And that's how I really, really feel about our clients. If if one ever leaves us, which is like very rare, (laughs) I make sure it's because of some other reason than then we didn't give service. And when when a client is number what, 11, and they moved to number eight, to me it's like I moved my website. I mean, yeah. it's, it, again, it's that personal bond. Yeah. So client to me means a very different thing than just, oh, we've got 300 clients, you know, we can lose some.
0: Uh-huh, I don't, uh-huh. I, and and I think, like, you're probably familiar with, like, and I used to get put off by this a lot, but, like, back when I was running a different agency here in Nashville a few years back, um, there would be, like, jokes circulated with, like, little, like, comic strips about clients and like all sorts of stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, Uh I would be put off by like the attitude of whoever the designer or person was that I was working with that was sending that because I feel like, uh, what you just said is amazing. I was, I was running this morning and I was thinking about like writing a blog about, um, how to communicate with a client Mm -hmm. and, um, and so that could go in any number of directions but i kind of i kind of felt myself going definitely more towards your your side we laugh we laugh
1: at clients sometimes (laughs) once many years ago before i don't know what it was 2007 or eight (laughs) a lady and i remember the problem was and it was a nice lady whatever and she said well just call google Google had no customer support, at that time. <laughs> and now they do. I mean, you can't they just call. do call. all, but this was several years ago, and, and we, it was just so funny. It's just like, just call the president if you just can talk to him. Yeah. I'm sure that he can fix up this. And it was just very funny. Now we fixed a problem. We didn't call the yeah, yeah. but anyway, you know, clients say some weird things yeah. because they don't know, and you know that's an education point. Yep. If, if they're willing to listen and you know you explain this or that and then and then they know but you know sometimes the office is funny so.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so that's awesome and um, I think that there's so many different ways that we could help each other out my goal uh, I did not come into this podcast thinking this but I'm just gonna say it right now I feel like uh, I want to send every bit of asp.net work to you <laughs> and then um, do that for a long enough time to where you feel at some point like you would want to send every bit of WordPress work back to me (laughs) because I just feel like you, what you've said, the reason why I'm saying that is because it's clear that you are passionate about just building a solution that's right for the client. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just nice to know that there's someone that has that same feeling that is in a, is in a different platform because a lot of times we do get asked, like, do you do ASP.net, and mm-hmm. I don't have a solution for that right now, yeah, and so okay. I think there's an well, opportunity there. We're not going
1: to do WordPress. Um, WordPress as a blog works, mm-hmm. and we we do some blogging there, but that's very limited. I mean, it's one page. You just yeah. pop, put in your content, um, so, so we, we're doing that, and we're doing SEO for a, a WordPress site. But as far as building, I I I don't have that expertise. Why should I do that when you can do it better and cheaper? And Um, to your
0: point about, like, I think where it really actually happens is in the event that someone has a WordPress site and they're not going to go with you to redesign it in ASP.NET, but they need you know, for a few hundred dollars or whatever it is, somebody yeah. to fix their problem and then build yeah. the trust around that relationship. Yeah, and because so, yeah. again,
1: I can't do that. Yeah.
0: And so, it's fine business,
1: but it's not yeah. my business.
0: And then so. I think there's a whole other uh, geek session that we can yeah. have around SEO because, yeah. uh, you know, like um, I'm just always fascinated by um, people who have done SEO for a, for a significant period of time. I mean, I, I have, my background's a little bit different, in that like I started as a publisher and so when I started as a publisher in 2006 I built my own website first in HTML and then then into WordPress later a couple years later um, I had to do SEO just to basically like survive so I'm self-taught with Mm -hmm. SEO and then obviously like through the uh, working for clients or you know I kind of call it serving clients like and that kind of goes with your definition of it Like, uh, or, or parenting them. So raising them, right. Raising them. Anyway, um, through that really through through that experience, like it's, it's entirely different. Um, and like different learning, different, um, different education points, different, uh, to your point earlier, different goals, things like that. So, um, I want to say thank you so much for your time and for being on the podcast, even though we have, like I said, 11 listeners. Um <laughs> We're walking the talk a little bit. you know yeah. we, we, we talk we talk to our clients about you know, you need to tell your story. you need to you need to you need in order to have good uh, audience um, in order to have in order to build your audience in order to have in order to generate qualified traffic to your website, um, you mm-hmm. have to be telling your story and you have to be putting out good content and mm-hmm. that will, help your seo i mean that 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 isn't the only part of seo but it it is a part of seo and so in part of doing that we have to walk the talk and so the the podcast and the blogs and everything like that that we're putting out in my mind um it's multi-purpose because we're able to meet people like you we're able to uh to generate some content that's hopefully helpful for people and um be able to show, show clients like, Hey, we're doing what we're telling you to do. And so, um, again, cool. thanks for joining the podcast. You're more than welcome sure. back anytime. I know your time is super valuable, but, uh, thanks again. Uh-huh. And, uh, tierstrategies.com, Brad coward, 15 years of experience, someone that I, uh, have a lot of respect for. Thanks again for listening to the Paul Hickey podcast. Hope everybody has a great day. Thanks again for listening to the Paul Hickey podcast. I am Paul Hickey, owner, CEO, lead strategist at Data Driven Design based out of Nashville, Tennessee. You can check out more of our content at datadriven.design slash blog. Really appreciate your listenership. Have a great day.